0: Good evening brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Do you all feel like the you know every week the week just fly past, Especially when you have classes every day. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> we are now finally at the alaya consciousness. Yeah, finally at the alaya consciousness. This is the eighth consciousness. We have gone through the first seven. Collectively, uh, the first seven consciousness, number one, two, three, four, five, six, and number seven, uh, is uh, called. Uh, qi shi. Mm, qi shi. uh meaning the first seven uh, uh, active consciousness yeah or the first seven consciousness that is in action yeah, qi shi. Mm. or uh, another angle is that the seven. The first seven consciousness that is manifested. Yeah, uh, the zhuan here is referring to how the these seven different consciousness uh, they are active sometimes together, sometimes by themselves. Yeah, um, and then. Uh, the relation between the first seven consciousness and number eight consciousness is that the first seven consciousness is manifested by the eighth consciousness. And at the same time, the eighth consciousness is uh, perfumed, the official technical term is perfumed. Yeah. The same word as the Pang zui, ah. that perfume. Uh, in Chinese, is xin-si. Xi. Hmm. Yeah, xin-si. Xi. So, uh, the, the translation is, uh, the technical translation is perfume. Yeah. Uh, why perfume? Because in the, uh, in the commentary, then the metaphor, the metaphor for how the seeds are being planted... They use the the metaphor of uh burning of incense, yeah that when you have an in if you burn some some things, whether it's incense or you burn some wood, and then if you burn it near to some cloth that is hanging there the the incense never touched the cloth, yeah but over time uh, the cloth would have the smell yeah mm. it's just like if you have a have a mini altar at home, and every day you offer incense. Without fail, you offer incense. After some time, uh, even if you don't offer incense, there's a smell of incense. Yeah. The same goes for if you use a certain uh, mug for coffee yeah? or for tea, and you drink it over a period of time. Uh, even if you wash it thoroughly and it's clean, uh, there's a certain stain on it. Yeah? Uh, of course, if you put uh, sulfuric acid, <laughs> yeah or use metal scrub, yeah, uh, then maybe you can remove that okay so this process of imprinting karmic seeds into the eighth consciousness uh, is called perfuming, yeah, and then the eighth consciousness containing the seed manifests the first seven consciousness in this way. Number 8 and the f- first 7, they mutually support each other. We have covered the first 7 consciousness uh, and we have learned that the number 7 consciousness uh, is actually the mind, yeah? the tainted mind. Uh, some of you have asked for clarification uh, about the number 7 consciousness. Yeah? It's called Consciousness. There is also the mind. Actually, all these terms are under the first chapter. What is the first chapter? Sing. Yeah? Sing, you can translate as heart or you can, in some texts, they translate it as mind. Yeah? In the supplementary text that I've given you all, it, they actually use, what did they use? I think they use mind. yeah. Mm. Can you all take a look at the supplementary text? What is the chapter header that they use? The one with uh, a lot of tables. (coughs) Do you all have the supplementary text? Is there anyone who don't have the supplementary text you don't have? Uh, Huh? Ah, uh okay now might just you all just raise your hand if you uh never receive any supplementary text besides the book that you have besides sir, anyone else anybody else ah. oh. so what is the term for the chapter heading
1: huh,
0: huh? come pass it to me let me t- the eight different consciousness are uh, oh they translate it this way uh? <laughs> so the eight consciousness, yeah so they literally just give the name because it is basically about the eight consciousness yeah so if you look at the header, uh in, in Sanskrit is Chitta Dharma.
1: Mm.
0: Chitta Dhamma Chitta Dhamma is actually uh, not literally 8 Consciousness 8 uh. Uh, Consciousness is Ba shi. Mm. So Chitta Dhamma is singfa. Uh, you can also call it uh, you can also translate it as uh, mind or heart yeah? So all these are basically functions of the mind If I can just use the word mind as uh, overall Okay then basically whether you call it heart or mind thank you uh, the different names are given uh, to uh, to describe the different functions when the mind has the function of being conscious then you give it consciousness when the mind uh, functions in a way that labels discriminate and so on uh, then we call it the mind, yeah. Or uh, the heart is called the mind. Uh, then, in a case where it's tainted, then we call it mana consciousness, yeah. Uh, in the Yogacara school, all aspects of mind is also called consciousness. Hmm. Yeah, all aspects of the mind is also called consciousness. Yeah, so um, the first seven consciousness includes eye consciousness. Ear Consciousness, Nose, Tongue, Body Consciousness and also Mind Consciousness. Yeah. Then the mind itself, the tainted, uh, deluded portion yeah, is relegated under the Seventh Consciousness. Hmm. So some students in the past have asked, in that case how do we cultivate? Yeah. In this school, how do we cultivate? Uh, the it consciousness is not directly accessible to us, and yet we are assessing it every day yeah uh, so it is just like all of you have a handphone huh I think all of you have handphones, right yeah some of you may have two or three or four uh, can you access the the storage directly are you all able to uh, open up your phone and write data directly into your handphone storage can you? you cannot you must go through uh, the application that talks to the driver that talks to the operating system then or operating system then driver depending on how the architecture is then it talks to the firmware and firmware right to the hardware itself. Uh, in a in a much very similar way, uh, we cannot consciously say, hmm, I want to plant this seed inside my Alaya consciousness. If you can, let me have a show of hands. If you can do that, how many of you will say, hmm, today I want to plant five negative, unwholesome, evil seed inside? Who want to write? Nobody. If you can decide directly and say, mm, let me take my Allah consciousness out and write some merits. Yeah? How many of you want to write? If you can. Uh. Huh? Only, only three of you, four of you. The rest don't right. You're not raising your hand. Why? Because it sounds so ridiculous. Uh. Because if you can, you know, immediately take it out then just keep writing well plus ten ten million points. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so because we cannot write directly, that's why n- none of us can just say, let me suddenly we have lots of merits, cannot. Mm. The way that you can write actually we are writing also. Through our body, speech and mind when we act, we are writing in data. Uh, not directly but indirectly through our body, speech and mind. And in the Yoga Chara school, we say that through the first seven consciousness, then uh, karmic seeds is planted. Now, um, being in this class, uh, this is the framework. Uh, in other schools, they, they don't use this framework, but it's describing the same process. For example, in the classical teachings, Uh, the Buddha many times he talk about karma yeah there is the Chula Kama Vibhanga Sutta yeah the the small analysis of karma there's the uh, Maha Kama Vibhanga Sutta the great discourse the great analysis on karma there are so many teachings on karma not all of them talk about how, how many of them talk about Alaya consciousness yeah uh, you, some would say none. Uh, so in the classical teachings, the Buddha just talk about the effects of karma, yeah, the functioning of karma, but he don't go into the detail of the mechanism of karma. Mm. In the Gugachara school, uh, this portion here, yeah, which we are going to cover today, describes the mechanism. Yeah, describes the mechanism. So. Uh, what is this mechanism uh, about? Yeah, so let's look at page four, number eight, alaya. So as you can tell, alaya is basically uh, a transliteration of alaya. Yeah, I suspect if you, if you, I don't know whether anyone know how to pronounce this in Hokkien. Ye, uh, how do you pronounce in Hokkien? Huh? Nobody. Uh? Actually, I also don't know how to pronounce in Hokkien. <laughs> yeah, ah uh, is the same. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, what? Ah. Uh, uh. Then Lai, lie. How to, how to pronounce in Hokkien? Don't know. Then ye, Yeah, How to pronounce? Yeah, yeah. So if you assume that the lai is lai or la then alaya <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's literally the transliteration alaya shi. Mm. so what is this alaya shi in brief alaya or alaya consciousness yeah, the term alaya means storage yeah, it means storage it is the repository the storage part Component of the consciousness of the mind of the heart, yeah, that serves to store all the mental imprints. Mental imprints. Uh, oh, by the way, Calvin, I've received your email. Calvin, right? Yeah, I received your email. Yeah, I will reply you shortly. Yeah, had a full day today. <laughs> yes, just so that you know. Yeah. So, in brief, it is called alaya, uh, which means storage. Yeah, it is the repository. Uh, as we live through our life, life after life, um, it it is the it is like the uh, the storage of whatever we have done. It is recorded there. Yeah, uh, like nowadays for many people who drives you have a car cam <laughs> so it's like the car cam you know except that in in most car cam you have limited storage so maybe the the more high end ones you can store 24 hours of recording yeah uh, but this alaya consciousness uh, how many gigabyte oh unlimited <laughs> you can store on and on and on store as long as you are planting seeds it will store mm. Uh, just don't ask me, how is it possible? <laughs> because in the teachings, it doesn't go into how is it possible. It is the way it is. Uh, this is the part that, uh, uh, where the, the, the mind is unlimited in a way, yeah, in this sense. Uh, so, 阿拉耶士, <laughs> shi yeah, it's the storage consciousness, san <laughs> yi yeah sometimes this word is also pronounced as chang yeah that it can hide it can store yeah then yeah but uh, I'm more used to pronouncing it as chang. Mm. so what are these three uh some some here's a thing about uh the wet tower uh sometimes you wipe and then some of it gets stuck then keep having a <laughs> no need ah. don't be so canchong <laughs> yeah if if sifu is bleeding then you're rushed forward. yeah not bleeding don't have to immediately ah. or oh, I should put it this way uh in the past, in the Buddha's time, there was a uh, a monk who was having uh, who was very ill. I think leprosy, yeah. Uh, and then he was so ill, but nobody was taking care of him. Yeah. Uh, it turned out that this monk, when he was well, he didn't do any service to others. So when he was ill, others were not so inclined to to take care of him. So when the Buddha saw this. The Buddha asked Ananda to get some water and then he himself helped to clean that sick monk. Then he also asked Ananda to assemble all the monks. Yeah? Then he gave the short uh, uh, discourse and said, uh, this monk is sick. You're, you all have ordained. You have no father or mother to take care of you. If you don't take care of each other, who will take care of you? Then he, he ends with gata. He who serves the Tatagata serve should serve the sick. He who serves the sick shall serve the Tatagata. Mm. So he he equates serving the sick as equivalent to serving the Tatagata. Sufu is not Tatagata. Ah. <laughs> but I sometimes tell students, if you like to serve Sufu so much then you should equally serve others so that you practice equanimity in serving otherwise your serving become tainted Mm. your volunteer, your service uh, your help become tainted Mm. but of course uh, this is ideal Uh, between ideal and imperfection uh, we cannot expect that one day you are imperfect, the next day you are ideal uh, but we should work towards that direction oh. so <coughs> uh the first so there are suo Zhang Zhang Zhang, what are they uh the first two Na Zhang Zhang, so I want you to circle 能 suo. yeah, for the kanang, <laughs> yeah, so uh, how to tell you uh that's a very complicated word. Which is Zhang, yeah, then you try to spot the common word, okay, so there's a nun zhang Zhang and zhi Zhang, yeah, so the nun and suo, yeah uh, but it's it's not that meaning uh. so nun uh, is a pair, and you and why why do I ask you to circle this because in the yogacara school uh. There's the, the whole, there's a whole concept that underlie uh, the various texts uh, talking about the doer and the recipient, uh, the actor and the receiver. Uh, so, 能跟说能 refers to the actor, not the not the Hollywood actor, the the, the entity that acts. Sho is the recipient of that action. Okay? Uh, remember this concept. Because this concept uh, is found throughout the whole Yogachara school. Nan Nan So in this case, Nan Zhang and suo Zhang. So this is where it is at the same time interesting and at the same time uh Why? Because uh, this alaya consciousness at the same time it acts as the uh, actor and the doer. Yeah? Or it is both it is it has a dual role. Yeah? So let's take a look. Nen zang. 种子是所长, uh, um, so, that which can store. Uh, this is the first meaning of alaya. Um, all about storage. Uh, but in this case, it's talking about how uh, alaya consciousness can store. Okay? What can it store? It can store the karmic seeds, the karmic imprints. So one thing to highlight, if you write in Chinese, if you see, read the text, and it says Ba Shi, it means Eight Consciousness, then it's referring to all eight. If it's if you want to talk about alaya consciousness, you must say 第八alaya识, yeah. Because 第八 means eighth, yeah, with a th behind. Okay, yeah, So if you read through the text, you see that distinction. Yeah. If it just says 八识, then it means eighth consciousness, encompassing all it. Uh, but when you say 第八, that means number eight. Okay. So in this case. 這是曰, 持, 持種, 持種意說。uh, so it is basically referring to the ability to sustain to support uh the seeds. Um, as far as this ability to store the seeds is concerned, uh, then alaya consciousness have this name alaya. Uh, so same word but this is the first meaning. So this this is the first one. Second one, 所障 or 所藏指前啊由前七转世啊. Uh, that's not I mentioned to you. All. The first seven consciousness, yeah, that is active. 啊前七转世熏习第八世。Su so uh, this is where uh, in ancient times uh, for them to think of this idea is quite quite interesting, huh? So this same name is also given to the seeds that is planted so this is the chang or Suo Zhang, that which is planted that which is stored, yeah, which is the seeds. That which is stored is a seed. Yeah? Uh, it's also part of the Alaya consciousness. So, the storage meaning here, there is the storage itself and that which is stored. Uh, this is the second meaning. So <laughs> The word uh, loosely translated or usually translated as perfume but here you will notice there's a 喜 yeah, Shunzi. Uh, according to my teacher, the implication is uh, it is a repeat, repeated f- perfuming. Yeah, you don't just plant seeds once. Then gautim is It's repeated, mm. repeated, and this is another theme that is found in the Yuga Chara school. Yeah, uh, whether in terms of planting seeds or manifestation it always talk in terms of repetition. Uh, when our seeds manifest as defilements it's also repeated. Yeah? And then when it arises, uh, arise then it repeatedly then we call that habitual tendencies. si fan now fun xin So our, our defilements, we, when we encounter something, then if we give rise to defilements, uh, it plants a seed. Then the seed ripens, then we arise defilements again. Then we keep on going, get, getting trapped in this cycle. Until one day, we decide not to respond with that. Huh. Yeah. Until one day that happens. Otherwise, we just keep repeating it again and again. And as it repeats again and again, it becomes stronger and stronger. Yeah, so later, we will look at some of the implications here. So the last one, 职障指第八是, yeah, so, uh, this was actually mentioned earlier already. In which section? In the previous section, yeah, on the seventh consciousness. Yeah, so, the interesting relationship between the number seven and number eight. It is attached to the eighth consciousness, Yeah, attached to it as I, as mine, as me. Um, in a sense, we are attached to ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, we are attached to our karma attached to what we have done as me yeah? I do this, I do that uh, it's me doing yeah? in a way very subtly but in a way very strongly yeah? uh, some people suggest that uh, one way to visualize this is to consider how our identity is tied to our memory Yeah, memory of what? memory of what we have done, what we have experienced. If you don't string all these memories together, where's the me? Think about it. When you think about me, it's in terms of all the things we have done. But yet, all this me that has done things, they are all quite different people. You who did something when you were 5 year old, you look at that and this, very different, Ma. Right? Physically different, mentally also different, hopefully. <laughs> Should be, huh? yeah. So, what is, what is the common thing? It's our attachment that all this is me. yeah? Uh, so, this attachment can be, uh, in a way, expressed in this way. Uh, easier for us to understand. Otherwise, attached to Allah consciousness, what does it mean? Before we attend this class, we don't even know what is Allah consciousness, how to be attached to something we don't even know exists. Yeah, uh, It's actually attachment to all the things we have done. I did that, I did this, that, whether good or bad, we all we have that. Um, sometimes we can even say that it's an uh, underlying, almost innate tendency. Yeah it is not that we sit down and consciously think that is me. But it's, that it's just a feeling, no? Well, that's me, ma. <laughs> yeah? And that's why for most people, including Buddhists, when we learn about the Buddha's teaching on no self, eh, conceptually seems to make sense. Yeah, But when you really look, at, think about it, eh, yet a bit hard to <laughs> overcome, you know. <laughs> because when you think about it, eh, but no no self but but that was me experiencing the sunset that was me going to school the first time although you cannot remember the full detail but you still feel that that was me ma. and if you don't go back too far yeah, you think about how you took a bus took a train, drive here, take a cab that was me ma. who else except me it was me me, 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 me. Yeah. So this is a this is a very tricky thing, you know. Yeah. And so this very um in a way subtle. Subtle in the sense that you don't have to actively think about it. And yet at the same time very deep. Deep and entrenched. Yeah. Sense of attachment. Mm. Yeah, that this is what it's talking about. Yeah. That the Deluded mind is attached to itself, you know. Because if you think about it, it consciousness is not something else. So, it consciousness is another name for one part of the mind. So we are attached to ourselves, whatever we have done and experienced. Yeah. Attached to that, all this is me. The karmic imprint, the the, consci- the Allah consciousness, is nothing but the things we have done, the experiences we have had. You know, we are attached to all this as me. Yeah, we are attached to that. Yeah, because Alaya consciousness has all these features, all these uh, functions, uh, that's why it's called Alaya consciousness. That's why it's called the storage consciousness. Mm. Yes? So, uh, how do you spell the word A-L-A-Y-A. Uh, a- L-A-Y-A. Is it okay? okay. Yeah. No, I mean,
1: uh, it can
0: become a legal issue. Let's huh? oh. say a person uh, uh. committed a murder five years ago. Uh, yeah. He's about to be hanged. Yeah. So if you use your argument say yeah, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, technically speaking, uh, it's a different person, isn't it? Huh? Technically speaking, it's a different person. But conventionally, uh, it's the same person. No? <laughs> so that's why in Buddhism we say the conventional truth versus the ultimate reality. Yeah, ultimate truth. The two truths. Uh, so uh convent ultimately it is two different persons. Yeah. Uh the question the real question is uh if the person okay think about it uh, if the person truly appreciate that the person who committed let's say uh you, you mentioned murder, right? Yeah. Uh, let's say murder, uh, if the person truly has reached the point after committing the murder, somehow, wow, in these five years, wow, a ten thousand by far men until wow, yeah, uh, none of you are murderer. <laughs> and then, wow, one day, penetrate. Then justice came about. Police come and apprehend him or her. Yeah, uh, rightly speaking this person will not fight also. Why? Because once a person can have seen that five years ago, that is not me, he also knows this present moment to moment is not me. If the person still resists and says, no, but that's not me, why are you arresting me? Hey, eh? That's still a me. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's why when you look at the sutras, uh, those who have reached hold, when even when nasty things happen to them, they don't give rise to defilements. They don't resist or fight anymore. Uh, they are ready to accept whatever comes. And according to my, uh, my late ordination teacher, he cited a few suttas about how um, with the intent to to be of service to the community, sometimes they may choose not to die so soon. But when they re- when certain events repeatedly happen, then they may uh, uh, tap into the 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 three knowledges, and then they observe, ah, oh, why is this happening? And if they see that okay, this is past karma happening, they they gladly face the consequences. Mm. They will not say eh 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 eh. It, it, it don't don't harm me huh? that was that was not me <laughs> uh, they won't have this question yeah so this paradox resolves itself mm. in, fact, in a way it is not a paradox yeah but if we if we use the wisdom of the enlightened one but standing on the unenlightened shore uh, then there's a problem there's a problem yeah but for enlightened ones there's no such a problem <laughs> yeah so anyone who has uh, reached this stage? any any Anybody? Anybody who has reached this stage where you see that the other consciousness, you are no longer attached to your past karma? Anyone? Uh, see me after this. Uh. Let's have a deeper discussion. <laughs> Usually I say see me after this. You need counselling. This one is not counselling. Yeah. This one maybe I need you to counsel me. <laughs> Okay. So uh, now, uh, before we proceed, I want to highlight something very interesting. Uh, because just now I mentioned about how, if you look at the classical teaching, uh, the the mechanism itself is rarely, if ever, uh, described. By the Buddha. However, the metaphor of using seeds, Zhongzi, Zhongzi literally means seed, yeah, it is meant as a metaphor. From where did this metaphor come from? It comes from the Pali Canon. Yeah. If you don't believe, uh, there are a few of them. Let me just quote for you one of them. Go and search Anguttara Nikaya. Anguttara Nikaya. In the Anguttara Nikaya, the Buddha in uh, Book 3, Anguttara Nikaya has uh, has three books, uh, not, not three, uh, 11 books. And in the 11 books, you have chapter 1 to 11, yeah, or other book 1 to 11. In each of the books, are all the different suttas pertaining to the numbers itself. So book 1 have suttas relating to number 1. Book 2, number 2 and so on. Book 11 covers all the suttas pertaining to numbers from 11 onwards. Yeah. So if you look at book 3, then uh, there's a sutta that, where the Buddha talked about the analogy where he described uh, karma yeah, uh, as planting seeds in the field. Yeah, I leave you all this exercise to go and search. Mm. Uh, so this is very interesting because um, when I was in the US, uh, we were learning uh, the Bhumi Sastra and also the Mahana Sangraha uh, Sastra. So these two commentary, Sastra means commentary. These two commentary is under the Yogacara school. And as I was learning those texts, I was reading the Pali Canon in parallel. And then I trance upon this... Yeah, because uh, the general impression is... Oh, Mahayana teachings is separate from the Pali Canon. Yeah, And we, we are sometimes given the impression that... Oh, they are so different that they have nothing to do with each other. Mahayana teachings is fabricated from somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah? But if you were to learn... Thoroughly both sides, then you realize that a lot of the the nascent form of the teachings found in Mahayana commentaries are actually found in the Pali Canon. Yeah, it is not that the the Buddhist just sit down one day. and mm, let me come up with this new idea. Yeah, write a journal and publish a paper. No. Yeah, uh, almost I can say that all the commentaries would. Cite the sutras. Yeah, the difference is the extent of rigor. For example, today if you go the academic field, uh, citation is a norm. Yeah, even in bachelor's level, uh, for your final paper, you have to do citations. Yeah, masters onwards, citation is a, is like breathing air. You know, yeah, you cannot write any paper without citation. Um, this is something that I struggle with. Because when we read the sutras, you know how they, how they cite? They just, Jing Yun. <laughs> yun means to say. Yeah, it means, in the sutra, it is said. They rarely say which sutra. <laughs> Number one. Number two, many of these commentary, when it was first expounded, it was expounded. In those days of Nagarjuna, Venerable uh, Buddhist, Nagarjuna Bodhisattva, uh, Asanga Bodhisattva, Vasubandhu Bodhisattva. Those these Indian masters at that point in time when they were teaching, not like now. Sinang have a text, you know. What does that mean? It means that the 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 venerable the Bodhisattva was sitting there and just giving a discourse directly, or rather giving a teaching directly. Yeah, and then if you look at the the sequence, sometimes some texts have back and forth answers and questions. Uh, You'll be amazed uh, because sometimes they ask a question, the audience, one of the members would ask a question and the reply, they would just say, in the sutra, it says, eh? So a few times I mentioned to my, we discussed, uh, because we are doing the translation of Yuga Bhumi Sastra, they were like, eh? They just say then which sutra? Yeah. Fortunately, after going through the Pali Canon, then I say hey there's a there's one sutra that's similar to this, you know. So oh yeah, hey, quite close uh. could be this. So uh, we reckon that in those days those who those who are attending these teachings, uh, they have mastered a good deal of the teachings already. So the moment when the master when a teacher says Jing Yun, yeah, the discourse, the the sutras has said this. They all know, yeah, okay, this this chapter, that chapter, and so on. <laughs> yeah, so I I I suspect that is the reason why they they rarely put which sutra. Of course, everybody knows all the sutras, yeah. Uh, but but as a result, for later generation, it's quite challenging. Jing Yun then which thing Wow, so much thing to go and search, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, Now I I have I have done the searching for you. Now you you do a small part of the searching. You just search Anguttara Nikaya. Uh, If even this part you don't want to search, then how? Uh, Okay. Yeah. So um, in that sutra, you will find the Buddha using the analogy of planting of a seed. Mm. Uh, So this is this is a very interesting thing because it means that the concept to use seeds, yeah was already there yeah uh, it's not something that was fabricated later yeah so next so these two words, earlier on for uh, the mana consciousness we already talk about three stages yeah or three phases yeah Likewise, for alaya consciousness, there are three of three, two of three. Yeah, san siang, three features. Xiang yeah? is features. Xiang mm. is features. So uh, here I want to introduce you to another pair of terms. One is xing, one is xiang. Yeah, xing is nature, xiang is feature. Yeah. Nature and feature. Mm. The two are describing the same thing. Okay? Uh, But different aspect of the same thing. Uh, So, for example, mm, uh, for example, feature, yes. Yeah, here you haven't touched on sync. Yeah, but I'm introducing th- to you this concept that is common uh, just like i mentioned earlier about nen nen suo yeah that in yogachara school you talk about sing and xiang okay so one is nature and the other one is the feature of it so nature is more about the essence of it and then feature is an expression of that feature, of, of that nature rather. Yeah? So feature is an expression of that nature. So, what are the three features? Sanxiang, Ji, Zixiang, Guoxiang, so what what does uh, what does this name how does this name translate? 自相, self feature, yeah. What is the what is its own distinct feature. Then the next two comes in a pair, ying yingxiang. In terms of uh the Allah consciousness uh, uh if you look at the, the Allah consciousness in terms of fruition uh, what is the feature that describe it as fruit then, in terms of cause yeah, in gen guo, cause and fruit yeah or cause and result, what is the feature of Allah consciousness that qualify it as the cause yeah it is like saying uh, we are both the daughter and the mother if you have a child, yeah, so as far as your uh, loosely, uh, don't dig into the analogy okay. analogy cannot dig, uh. you dig further than break uh. Uh, we can say that we are the result of our parents yeah? and if you have children we are the cause of our parents uh, of our children uh, so we have a double rule yeah? Yeah, we are both the cause and also the result uh, of different things okay? uh, so similarly, Allah consciousness have certain features yeah, certain features that qualify it as a cause And qualify it as the fruit Then, by itself, it has certain features also And you will find that some of this feature uh, Is related to the earlier part Which is describing its name So, A 自相即阿拉耶具有能障所障职障的意义 so, all the descriptions earlier, uh, these are the specific feature to the Alaya consciousness. Specific in what sense? As compared to the first seven consciousness, this is very unique, yeah? its own distinct features. All other consciousness don't have this feature. Then, Next Kuo uh, Xiang so earlier I briefly described this I Shu yeah, and I told you I'm just giving you a, a gist of it because it will be covered later and this is now this is the later. Yeah. So this 果相, yi shu, shi. so the word "shu" means ripen, yeah. And many times in uh, in teachings, we also hear this expression, yeah. Oh, when your karma ripens, uh, it's referring to this, yeah. Uh, but why e? yi yeah? shu, yì means uh, different, yeah, or uh, varied, v- uh, varied. Mm. So why is it called yi shu"? Because it's able to ripen into all the different different states, different different realms, so here so so um, this requires some uh, understanding of the of the worldview in Buddhism, yeah so three realms. And five destination. Jie, here refers to the different realms. Yeah, what are the different realms or different spheres? Jie actually means boundary. Yeah? so if you if you separate the whole world into boundaries, then uh, what are the boundaries? If you uh, if you were to say, oh, men and women, oh, that's one boundary. Yeah. Uh, boundary of man, boundary of women. Uh, but in Buddhism we don't we don't uh, uh, delineate sentient beings in this way. Yeah? Uh, the Buddha uh, used a different delineation. What is the boundaries given? Yeah, he the not not here. Uh, he didn't bound us, uh, <laughs> uh, but he grouped so that we know in terms of the kind of preoccupation that we have. There are those who are preoccupied with sensual desire. Mm. Then there are those who are, in a way, preoccupied with, with form as the object of concentration. Then there are those who are preoccupied with formlessness as an object of concentration. Yeah? Uh, in a way, we are also co- concentrated uh, when we are pursuing our sensual desire. said <laughs> yeah? that this kind of pursuit leads to more distraction, so the mind is never quite concentrated. Yeah, but if you ever see uh, your kids or your grandchildren or your nieces and nephews playing games, oh, they are very concentrated. They are like in Samadhi, you know. <laughs> yeah. What is the feature of, of Jhana? When you enter Jhana, what happens? The first five consciousness is cut off. Yeah. So, when you enter Samadhi or, or Jhana, then you cannot hear, you cannot see, you cannot hear the external world. Yeah? Uh, what happened to our children, our our nieces and nephews, our grandchildren, when they start to play their games? Uh, mother called them, come and have dinner. Father called them to put out the thing. Uh, they are in deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, this kind of boundary setting is not set by the Buddha. Yeah? But he makes use of this to help us understand. Yeah? what are you preoccupied with? Be your own therapist uh, in a way. Yeah. And for human beings, we are in the sensual desire realm. Now, although we are all within the sensual desire realm, so that's a common feature. We are all preoccupied with sensual desire. Uh, but preoccupation have different varying degrees. Some are more preoccupied, some are less preoccupied this preoccupi- uh, preoccupi- preoccupation uh, does not guarantee that, does not guarantee your success of experiencing sensual desire. yeah, Sensual pleasure, no. It just means that you want. You want doesn't mean you get. yeah. Uh, so, for some people, they want, but they also don't act foolishly to get what they want. So, they accumulate merits. Yeah? Although they want, they consider for others also. So they also help others and so they accumulate merit and such that when they when they experience the, their wishes yeah? and the, the, the results of their action, uh, then they are reborn within the sensual desire realm, yeah? which is also according to their wishes, but uh, it is more pleasant. But there are those who um, act in the pursuit of their desires, then they do harmful things to others yeah, and so on and so forth, or they hoard yeah, whatever they have. Then what happens? They wish to have pleasure, but they don't get pleasure, uh, they get suffering. Yeah, so, you, from this, you have human and heavenly uh, pertaining to sensual desire, um, uh, but the experiences. Pleasant, yeah. Uh, but there are those who uh, who may have all kinds of defilements, yeah, and they act on those defilements. So the result is still in the sensual desire, realm, yeah, but they experience the rebirth as a uh, hungry ghost, as an animal, as a hell being, three lower realms. Yeah. Uh, if a person go beyond the five senses, yeah goes beyond that the sensual desire realm. Sensual desire realm is basically preoccupation of the first five senses. There are those who even as they are reborn in this realm, hey they start to find is there anything more than this? Then they see one poster, hey oh there's a retreat in Buddhist library. Oh hey, there's an urban retreat. Hey what is this urban retreat? You see, the question earlier we have, uh, the, the thing about uh, the repetitive cycle. Yeah? Some people have this question, but if it's a cycle, then how to break out of it? Uh, it is not by chance. Uh, after all these years of learning, I realized something very interesting. Do you all find that it's easy to change others? Not easy. Do you think it's easy to change ourselves? Also not easy, oh. So how, yeah? So it, it feels like it is a it is a uphill task at best, you know. Uh, if not an impossible task, like we no stuck there, yeah. How many times have we succeeded a bit, yeah? Then oh, yeah. What they call the the uh, three step forward, two step back. no, is it two step forward, three step back? <laughs> If you can do three step forward, two step back, or oh, that's quite good. At least you are still one step forward. <laughs> if it's two step forward, three step back, then you are <laughs> tolu totally now. So, how do we actually progress? Uh, in the teachings, it says that the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas are very skillful. Uh, if it, it, it makes complete sense. Think about it, lah. Uh. When we learn the teachings we also know that we should avoid all evil, we should do all good. Yeah. This is the teachings of, and then purify your mind. This is the teachings of all the Buddhas. Everybody also know. Yeah? But how to purify war? Because of all the habitual tendency. So it seems like uh, we're stuck. Then how? Ah that's a magical formula. What is the magical formula? We like to act on our defilements. We like to act on our defilements. What are our defilements? Defilements? First one, greed. Second one, hatred. Third one, delusion. Hmm. So, (laughs) the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, they make use of our defilements to help us. How to help us? Our greed. <laughs> they make friends with us. Keep letting you take advantage. Uh, take advantage of them. They let you take advantage of them once, twice, ten times, hundred times, one thousand times, times. Eh? 1, uh, three hundred times. one thousand becomes three hundred. three thousand times. Wow. Until a certain point. Wow. You are. You are. Your. Your. Your your link with the Buddha yeah, or the Bodhisattva is so strong so strong such that the moment the Bodhisattva appear you look at the Bodhisattva this is such an amazing person <laughs> eh? you may, you, when you hear this you may think sure not Sifu is that such a thing happening actually we do that we do that all the time right Think about it. When a guy find a meet a girl, what does the guy do? I mean, let me let me be more specific. When a guy meet a girl and likes the girl, (laughs) what does the guy do? Huh? Hey, you all never part up before. (laughs) Huh? Only the ma part of before. (laughs) What does the guy do? Come on. Huh? Call, her all the time. call her all the time. Only call her. Uh. Like that cannot uh. What else must you do after calling? Invite her out. Ah, uh. uh, invite her out. Then invite her out, what must you do? <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Well, what? See again? Uh, don't be uh, shy la. Huh? Uh. Uh, pato, pato. Uh? pato Pato. So when when Pato you must eat, you must watch a movie, you must go to this park, that park, whatever la. Uh. Details don't go through la. Uh. Then who must pay? The guy. the guy must pay. In a way, if you look at look at it, eh? Let the girl take advantage, Do Ah. And this is not just in this life, yeah? Many many life. Sometimes the uh, person A and B. Why? Let me change it to person A and B. Why? Because sometimes you are guy. Sometimes he, are, the other person is guy. Sometimes both guy. Sometimes both go... <laughs> Hard to say, you know. In Buddhism, uh, in a way, in Buddhism, when we look at uh, the current phenomena, yeah, in recent times, there's a, a lot of hoo-ha about LGBT, LGBT. Uh. In Buddhism, uh, in a way, very simply, simple to explain. yeah, It is attachment to each other. When it's strong enough, it doesn't matter what the, the gender is, no. <laughs> the moment you meet, wah, oh, am hoping you. <laughs> so, this life this person benefit yeah let benefit means let if a benefit b means b take uh, in a way take advantage of a yeah receive something good from a simple as that yeah, as to whether we call it take advantage, it depends on your mindset yeah if let's say a give uh, a benefit b if a is unwillingly unwilling to do it, then we call it take advantage. If A is willing, it's not take advantage. I willingly let you have it. <laughs> ah. So a change in the mindset. So conventionally we say Buddhisatwas keep letting sentient beings take advantage of them. But actually to them it's not taking advantage. They happily ah give you. In real life it happens also uh, parents with children, between couples, sometimes you, you know, either way. So, for Bodhisattvas, for Buddhas, they also do this. The difference is, it is not for selfish intent. Yeah? Not to benefit you so that you like me. No. Bodhisattvas don't do that. Bodhisattvas know that after benefiting you, you will like me. But, no, not for that purpose. Yeah? So, in the Buddha's time, uh, it's quite amazing, you know. The, uh, the Buddha has a lot of fans. <laughs> Some of his disciples uh, just encounter him on the street, haven't even heard him speak. It's just drawn to him. Wow! And not just the Buddha, his disciples, Venerable Ananda most notably, yeah, he is said to be well-liked by monks and nuns, laymen and laywomen. Yeah? Well-liked. Yeah. Uh, in common term, we say handsome. <laughs> yeah. But beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. It's just that he, when people, when many people see him, they just find him, wow, oh, you know, very positive feeling. So, the difference between worldly and enlightened being is worldly people, uh, when they have this then what do they do? They, they may oh, have a big ego. Yeah? So if you consider all the superstars, uh, they actually benefit a lot of people, otherwise they cannot be a superstar. Yeah? Except that now they make use of their good karma because they help a lot of people. Ma? Then they have this good karma, but they make use of it to enjoy the fame yeah? and in the process get some uh, wealth. Uh? But enlightened beings, if, if they need to, they can be a famous star also, yeah? but their aim is not to enjoy that fame their aim is not to enjoy those worldly gains yeah? it is to make use of that connection to benefit the sentient being in return so double benefit, you know first give you benefit then in future you want to repay? No I transform this to benefit you again how to transform this? When it, the link is so positive, uh, my teacher, the way he describes, it is amazing. He says, I use Mandarin first. Uh, so when the link, the wholesome link has been formed to the point, yeah, one thousand points, one ten thousand points. The moment the Buddha arrives, the Buddha says, Come biku. Are you okay? I, I become a monk. <laughs> Come learn Dhamma. You learn Dhamma. Come, uh, chant Buddha, you chant Buddha. Yeah, this is how it happens. At this point you may still not be convinced. I I I'm giving myself excuse to give more example. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you may still not be convinced. But if you look at your own life, most people act in this way, isn't it? If your friend, if your good friend asks you to go and watch a movie, you're more inclined to watch a movie than if your acquaintance asks you to watch a movie. If your good friend asks you to attend Dharma class, you're more inclined to go and attend Dharma class than if your enemy asks you to. If your enemy asks you initially, maybe you attend. Your enemy asks you to attend Michael. <laughs> because to use a uh, conventional term, worldly term we are irrational yeah. we are somewhat irrational yeah. we, we act based on our feelings so bodhisattvas also know buddhas also know so they, so they, they take advantage of this for our advantage <laughs> yeah. i make friends with you yeah. and so in this way we get a chance to break out of the cycle and that's why part of the buddha's teaching is make sure you make friends with the right person don't anyhow make friends don't associate with the fool also so if the fool after a while you also think like the fool yeah so what are the three features yeah just now we have mentioned the first one it, the unique features that is uh, that belongs to the alaya consciousness yeah the features that Allah consciousness have, yeah, namely, um, it has the feature of being uh, the storage and being the seeds, yeah, and being the uh, the target of attachment, yeah. The second just now I explained halfway. This Guo ah, so. Uh, so, just now I explain the jie. Mm. We usually simply learn it as yu jie se But the full meaning of yu jie se sensual desire realm or sphere, uh, form sphere and formless sphere, the full implication is this. Yeah, the full implication is about how we get reborn in different places depending on what we are preoccupied with so some people ask hey, how can I not be reborn in the lower realms don't be preoccupied with actions that is related to the lower realms uh <laughs> and that's why last time when when someone asked me about the the earth storm bodhisattva sutra tisang pusat and so uh, for many people wow when they read through the, the sutra wow the first part talk about how he practice and his filial piety. So many people, wow, oh, so touched, wow, oh, cry, cry, cry. Then the second part, the later part, talk about all the different uh, rebirth, yeah, the cause and the result. Wow, oh, then wow, skip, scat skip. Then, <laughs> yeah. Then faster read, skip, skip, skip. Huh? Then the later part talk about all the vows, yeah, all the vows. Uh, that one can uh, practice and so on so uh, so, I, so the the later part also talked about the different practices or that if a person were to were to uh, make the statue of the bodhisattva wow there's so much merit that merit and this merit if a person were to do this wow you know wow so, be, so people usually look at that and wow i just do this but in actual fact I shared with someone I said why did the Buddha share with us about the whole sutra why is it that the whole sutra talk about so many different realms and all the suffering many people think that Tizang Pusa is stuck in hell (laughs) but Sang Pusa is not an ordinary bodhisattva you know he is a stitch 10 high level bodhisattva you know yeah, all the major ones that we hear of are all the stage 10 buddhisattva. In fact, if you read carefully the first part of that chapter, uh, his vow is not just for hell beings. Yeah, his vow is to liberate sentient beings of all the six realms. Uh, but for us, our primary concern is the three lower realms. So if you look at the middle section, it describes all the causes for lower realms. When the, if you consider the Buddha's epithets, all the, the different names of the Buddha, one of them is Lokavidu. Yeah? Yeah, the, he knows the way of the world. Most of the time when we learn this, we just learn that, oh, he knows about the heaven, the asura realm, human realm, the three lower realms. But the full extent of the meaning is, he knows how to get there. He knows the cause and the result. So effectively, He tells everybody how to go to the different realms. How to go to them as a the destination. What does it mean? If you want to go to hell, uh, you can read the sutra. Uh, the sutra tells you how to go to hell. Anybody <laughs> want to go to hell? Uh-huh. If you want to go to the, to, to the hungry ghost realm, don't have to search internet. Uh, just Unless you search for Di uh, Zhang in the Pali Canon, it is also listed. The purpose is to tell you, you do this, you have this result. This is the cause for hell rebirth. This is the cause for hungry ghost rebirth. This is the cause for animal realm rebirth. This is the cause for human realm rebirth. This is the cause for heavenly rebirth. So by telling us this, this particular sutra is highlighting what to avoid. If you you do a sculpture of the Bodhisattva, uh, why is there so much merit? Because when people see this Bodhisattva, they may get reminded of the teachings. They will be reminded of the Buddha, Dharma Sangha. They will be reminded of the teachings, what to avoid. It is in this way that there is merit that's why the, the, the text it says f- not just to have a sculpture you have a sculpture then hide in the wall where's the merit? <laughs> have a sculpture put it up for offering so it must be seen <laughs> yeah? uh, to point people to the teachings it always must point back to teachings not as an end by itself so this jie, and then qi 去 is referring to destination these two are describing the same thing, actually. Yeah. Uh, so one thing, uh, one difference here. When we talk about qi, it is a bit different from our modern terms of six realms. Yeah. When we talk about 六道轮回, the six realms of existence. Yeah. This is uh, in terms of heaven, heavenly realm human realm or, and then asura realm so these are considered the three higher realms. but asura is a bit tricky because in some ways it is actually equivalent to the merits of heavenly realm yeah uh, but uh, in the earlier text when they talk about the five destination, uh, asura realm is not mentioned yeah it is mentioned among the realms but not as a distinct uh, unique uh, separate realm itself mm. so when we talk about qi yeah, this word qi uh, meaning destination yeah, what you are inclined towards and then you go there yeah, what you are preoccupied with then you go there then we talk about the five destinations uh, heavenly beings human and then the three lower realms yeah so um, this is the second feature, yeah. The ability of this Alaya consciousness to give rise, to manifest, manifest what? All these different realms. Mm. Uh, this all these different realms, ying san san So it can manifest the results, yeah, that is varied. Yeah, very in what sense? Some of, the, some of the karma is wholesome, some are unwholesome. Yeah, so, uh, this consciousness itself, over here, uh, there, is, there, there are some details that uh, are usually not described, huh? but Allah consciousness is, uh, in a way, what we call amoral. It is neither wholesome nor unwholesome. Alaya Consciousness is neither wholesome nor unwholesome, okay? I'm pausing because I'm hoping someone will ask, but nobody asks. so I must now ask myself a question. <laughs> now some of you, when you hear this, you may just accept, but some of you may have a question, why is it hos- neither wholesome nor unwholesome? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Uh, because it's a storage? But storage, one, one must storage be neither wholesome nor unwholesome? Uh. So, uh, anybody want to... It's okay, you all can suggest answers. Yeah. Then... Uh. Depends on what you put in front. <laughs> uh-huh, Depends on... Oh. So, if I put in... Uh, wholesome then it becomes wholesome.
1: No, if, if you put it wholesome, then it's
0: wholesome.
1: Uh. But if you put
0: then so then is it wholesome or unwholesome? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the interesting thing. Um, in the uh, if we have a chance uh, in future, but uh, this will take almost a year, then if I'm still alive, then we can go through the Mahana Sangraha. In that text, then it talk about how, why is it neither wholesome nor unwholesome, uh, and it give a very interest, very, uh, very, how, what is the right word, uh, very intriguing explanation. It says, and and now that I'm thinking about it, uh, uh perhaps that's why my approach to arguments. Uh, or, or uh, analysis has become shaped in a certain way. Instead of trying to argue whether it's wholesome or unwholesome, it just lists out all the possibilities. It's either wholesome or unwholesome, or neither wholesome nor unwholesome. It cannot be both wholesome and unwholesome. La. Uh, the, the, the both it doesn't make sense. Yeah? Because wholesome and unwholesome, they, they counter each other. So, then, first, if it is wholesome by nature, then you cannot plant unwholesome seeds. Second part, you should know another: if it is unwholesome by nature, then you cannot plant wholesome seeds. So you can only; it must be neutral, neither wholesome nor unwholesome. But if it's neither wholesome nor unwholesome, then what happens? Then the seeds must also be neither wholesome nor unwholesome. It just has the potential to give rise to the painful and unpleasant and experiences. So, this is the part that you, I know I see a lot, eh? Huh? Huh? <laughs> what happened to the seeds? I thought there's wholesome, unwholesome seeds. So, this is the part that in the text that we have, uh, it doesn't go into that much detail. Yeah, and That's why I need to occasionally bring in from the other texts. So, this this part is quite interesting. So, you do... Wholesome action; it plants a seed. The seed itself, you cannot call it wholesome nor unwholesome. All the seeds cannot you you cannot just uh, uh, literally go and point this is the unwholesome seed, this is the wholesome seed. Seeds are all seeds. But once it ripens, then you can see all oh, this was due to an unwholesome action. Uh, and this is the the second layer of meaning of the issue. Mm. Uh, here from the text it's not apparent. Uh. Mm. Because uh Guo. Uh, this is this is the added uh, additional explanation when I was going through, uh, rather my teacher, not me, <laughs> when my teacher was covering the Mahana Hey, eh? is it timing up already? there's an alarm. Oh, okay, okay. We our class at Nine. Nine okay, okay. So there are two parts which is uh, varied. So when you are acting, it's, it has wholesome unwholesome. but when it's planted, it's not so in this way it is different, differing yeah the action is wholesome and wholesome, but the seeds, yeah is actually uh, you cannot distinguish this is wholesome, this is unwholesome so far so good Yeah. so this is the cause this is the fruit the result then this as the cause the, just as we say eh, once you planted you cannot distinguish this wholesome this unwholesome but when it ripens uh, again it becomes varied uh, so this is the second layer of this yeah. yes how uh. do you explain the 中瓜 this is Ah uh, yes. So this gua uh, Interesting that you mentioned papaya. <laughs> <laughs> because usually we th- I think about si gua think about mu gua I, I still don't think about mu gua but so first time I hear about papaya. Yeah. So although and the at in the consciousness it consciousness level, you don't you cannot Point out this is the seed, that is the seed, yeah, but it has the uh, capacity to ripen correctly. Uh, it has the capacity to ripen correctly. Correspond to the uh the the intent, yeah, whether it's wholesome or unwholesome.
1: Hmm.
0: At the when it is at the consciousness, eight consciousness level, why is it that it is neither wholesome nor unwholesome? Because at that point in time it's <coughs> is dormant is dormant when it's dormant there's no (coughs) distinction between whether it's wholesome or unwholesome only when it's in action then you can you say that it's wholesome or unwholesome Hmm. Uh, and again (laughs) I want to share with you my uh, my crazy analogy uh it may make sense to you, and it may help you to understand it better. Just now I mentioned about your handphone, right? And then I mentioned about how, uh, let's assume it's the SD card. Huh? So, has any of you seen your SD card before? Uh, I presume you all have. Huh? Micro SD card. Nowadays all the phones use micro SD card. Um. How is our data stored inside the micro SD card? Of course there are many different layers to talk about. If you talk about the, the physical layer, then it's in terms of uh magnetic state, uh, yeah electromagnetic states. Then uh what we have today is usually what we call the uh uh SRAM, uh, SRAM technology. Yeah, the SDRAM. Then they need to refresh that, and that is what we call the normal RAM. Yeah. Uh, okay, sorry, too much, too much detail. <laughs> the key. So if you go up beyond the physical layer, uh, what is really stored is just one and zero. So one and zero. There's no good one and 0 and bad 1 and 0 it's all just 1 and 0 but once it's red then there's good picture and bad picture there's virus and there's normal app but at the 1 and 0 level there's no distinction all just 1 and 0 huh? can you understand? yeah uh, so at the at the lower substrate la- layer when it's on your hard disk it doesn't do anything you cannot say that this is a good or bad thing no because it's just 1 and 0 but only when you execute it, oh yeah, it's like the other consciousness manifesting. Oh, then you can come up with all kinds of things. Uh, think about it. You can also think of your hard disk, your computer, as an example. Yeah? On the hard disk have you all seen a hard disk before? M- many of you, yeah? Yeah. But if you have never seen before, uh, take a screwdriver. Uh, <laughs> Usually, you want to unscrew. Yeah, don't pry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then you take out the thing called a hard disk. Yeah, and if you if you take a uh, those star or Torx screwdriver and un- unscrew everything, you see the e-block, and then you see the, the 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 disk and the spindle and everything. Uh, you can examine closely. <laughs> it's all just one and zero. Yeah. Of course, physically you cannot see the difference. And and to me. Uh, yeah, there's a very close parallel now I'm not suggesting that we are stuck in the hard days, uh, <laughs> uh, but I just find this a very intriguing uh, similarity Yeah. so this Siang is that uh, the, the Allah consciousness is both the fruit of our karmic actions and also it can bear the fruit for our eventual results mm. it can manifest those results yeah. so in this way it has this uh, feature of fruition yeah? uh, feature of results mm. uh, so this is so yi Mingwei here the description is quite brief huh? mm. uh, so varied ripening varied ripening yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and again, the pukong that it is unique By itself, it has this feature Compared to who? Compared to the first seven consciousness Third one, siang. Yeah, so the feature of uh of being the cause. Mm. The feature of being the cause that this aligned consciousness has this other aspect, other feature of it. Uh, again a special feature. And what is this feature? Uh, it is the cause. Cause of what? Yeah, it seems Actually contains all the different seeds. Mm. all the seeds are there yeah, all the seeds are there 此現, 此現行士, 能支持諸法種子, 令不思慧, mm. so just now it says that uh, it can give rise and manifest. Uh, now the manifestation process there's another part, not just manifest but it is the cause yeah? because the seeds itself is the cause yeah? so the cause of the eventual ripening um, cause of the eventual ripening yeah? so uh, 所以明为一切种, uh, yeah, so this is unique to the Alaya consciousness also yeah? it is a cause of all things. Uh, it contains the seeds. So, uh, so this number C, yeah, this uh, <coughs> this particular feature uh, is encapsulated in this verse found in the other the other commentary, uh, where it is said. 阿拉耶士为种子 uh, So, all things. What does all things depend on? 阿拉耶士为种子 So, all things depend on So, all things depend on Alaya consciousness as the seed. And Ah, the second part is actually very crucial. Yeah, so far, we just keep talking about Allah consciousness for today's lesson. And then if you consider uh, the earlier cha- section where we talk about the mind, the sixth consciousness, the first five consciousness, uh, they just describe its individual function and so on. Uh, but the, the, the different relation between the different consciousness. Uh, this is found in another the other text where it says, So all things depend on one, Allah consciousness as a as a causal seed, and the active ingredient is our deluded mind, our deluded thinking, our deluded discrimination. It is due to our deluded discrimination that trigger the seeds to ripen. Trigger the seeds to ripen. By itself, the seeds cannot ripen. The seeds is dormant. So the active agent to trigger it is our deluded discrimination. Uh, And again, uh, again, I I like. let me know if you want to have other examples. Uh. Uh, my my default example is always IT related uh, because of my IT industry. <laughs> so uh, you you receive a lot of emails, then uh it's up to you to when you click and download it. So it's like when you interact with the world, you can get a lot of rubbish you no, know? But up to you to to retain it in your mind. Then after standing in your mind, after downloading it, it's up to you to go and click and run it. Uh. So applications in the in the hard disk still need your active involvement before they can run. Now don't don't come and tell me about eh, hey, but some they will just run on them, That one is another thing, uh. so uh, as I said, analogy is analogy. You cannot go and cross the boundary, uh. Uh, so here we are talking about those applications that don't actively run on their own, okay. So as we interact with the world, we encounter a, a painful experience. We encounter injustice, we encounter uh, great joy uh, with your babyo, yeah, we 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 go for a buffet, wow oh, it's very nice, we eat a bowl of laksa, uh, our friend buy us a birthday present, our boss do us during meeting. Uh, After that, crazy in the meeting. All kinds of different experiences, uh, different Then, as we experience that, uh, then the mind discriminated about that. As we experience, we discriminate about that. Even if we don't outwardly act on it, but the moment our mind discriminated it, uh, then again it planted some seeds. This, all these seeds, different seeds, some wholesome, some unwholesome. Some neither wholesome nor unwholesome. Plum, plum, Then, at some point, you encounter something again. You again, you encounter painful experiences, pleasant experiences, neither painful nor pleasant experiences. Then plus our discrimination, then we interpret in a certain way, then we trigger more seeds to rapid. So this process... back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. This sustains our existence. Uh, This sustains our existence. The seeds sustain our our existence and then as we experience, then we plant new seeds again. That's why why we are still around, you know. If we stop planting new seeds, (laughs) some people ask, yeah okay. so, oh, oh, I, was, I
1: was <laughs>
0: Yeah that's why sometimes I feel like feel like this is like the Buddhist uh stand-up comedy. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: own <Don't> self-ask <laughs> question, own self-answer. So, so some people may ask, hey, what was the question I want to ask? <laughs> huh? What were we talking about? <laughs> what was it uh? Uh, Discrimination. Ah uh, discrimination. Then S Young was an important point Jared. Love, love, love. <laughs> <laughs> uh? Uh, sustain our life. ah uh, uh, yes, yes. Thank you. So all of you contribute to the class, you know. Yeah, otherwise I'll learn halfway through do not go. <laughs> so some some sometimes as Buddhists, after we learn about karma, hey, quite good, huh? Then we can do something about it. But hey, then after a when we learn that we have been planting seeds since beginning last time, well then we feel panic though. No? Why we do we feel panic? We feel like wow, we have to we have to Clean up all those seeds. Seems like infinite seeds or how? Huh? So it'll take forever, lah. No wonder no one is enlightened. <laughs> Only a few. But actually, that is not true. If you want to reach Arahanthood or even Sotapanna, you don't need to clean up all the seeds. And the answer is in that verse that I just recited: <laughs> once your mind has reached a certain level of purity, you, you stop planting new seeds. Yeah? You start triggering certain seeds. So, uh, if you recall from other Dhamma classes and from previous lessons that I mentioned before, what is the first stage of enlightened day? What is the name? Huh? So, tapana. Yeah, what does suttaman means? Stream and Terra. So what is the feature of a stream and Terra? One who at most has seven more back and forth. Yeah? Seven more times as a human being at most. Yeah, it can be reborn in the heavenly realm, then die and then come again as a human being. Then after dying, maybe reborn as a heavenly realm again, and then come back again at most 7 times so when I first learned it in uh, secondary school as part of RK I was like wow only 7 more times wow quite a good deal huh? then if you reach the next level Sakandagami wow even better from 7 to 1 wow 7 1 7 1 it just go to the next level, uh, upgrade, am then you get 7, cut down by 6 then if you go to the 3rd stage Anagami then non-returner if you don't succeed, if you reach 3rd stage in this life and you fail to attain Arahanthood, when I say fail don't feel so bad uh, it, it just means that you didn't complete the whole cycle then what happens after you're dying, you do not get reborn as a human being anymore nor in the sensual desire heavenly realm your destination is confirmed yeah? uh, it's like if you have uh, is there any parallel in, in real life uh, ok hard to find a parallel but let's say, let's say let's say for PSLE you get 300 points is it possible? 300 points? what is the maximum score? 200 Wow, anywhere I also get 300. Okay, let's say you get 280. Is is it very high? Quite high, ah. Huh? So imagine if you get two two hundred 300 Okay, I never say four hundred. So if you get two hundred eighty, you probably get automatically posted to some super straight through whatever IP whatever program, yeah. Hey, uh, but. Come and think about it, if you have 280, can you choose to go to some crappy secondary school? Well, you can. Uh, but in the case of anagami, you cannot. Uh, why? Because you have no more link with the lower realms. In the classical teaching, it never described. Uh, actually, it does describe. Uh, it describes that because the, for the anagami, uh, the five lower factors have been removed. What are the five lower factors? Uh, let's start with Sotapanna. Sotapanna, uh, this is a this is recap, uh, I've mentioned many times, and you all have attended so many Dharma classes. Uh, so, uh, what is Sotapanna? The three lower factors Sakadagami, ah no, sorry, S- uh, Sakaditi, um, uh, identity view, the view that there is a self. Uh, this is directly linked to the attachment of. Or this is me, that is me, and all those things. Yeah, uh, here is at the abstract level that I have a view that all this is me. Then there's a more innate version, which is the feeling. It's just a very natural, spontaneous feeling. This is all me. Yeah? The other one is through some thinking. Uh, this is me. This is me. This is me. Yeah. So sakal diti then. Uh, Attachment to uh, some rituals or practices that doesn't uh, doesn't conduce to enlightenment. Uh, some translation basically just put attachment to wrong practices. Uh, this is removed. Why is it in this sequence? Because once you have reached a point where you see clearly, ah. Oh, previously I had this idea that there's a self, all this is self, this me, this me. Oh, actually this is not true. Uh. Uh, but you, so you remove this and then you consider how did you arrive in this? Yeah, to this state. Uh, then you know clearly, ah, by doing this practice and that practice and this reflection and that observation, then I come to this. All the other things actually are irrelevant. So, once a person has reached this state, he knows clearly ah, the Buddha's description of the different practices is really for, for real. And he knows that everything outside of that actually doesn't conduce to attainment of suttapana. Uh, so he's attached. He's, if he had any wrong ideas about the practices, this is removed. And because he has reached, reached this stage, He will not have the question, Hey, really about Buddha? Uh, His teaching, is it for real? He has experienced the truth himself. He will also not have a question, Hey, in this day and age, is there really Arahant? Is there really enlightened ones? In the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, he has no more doubts. In the practices, the precepts, the practices, he has no more doubts. And that's why it's also described that once a person reaches Kapana, he has no more doubts in four things. Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, and the precepts. Yeah. Or more comprehensively, the practices. No more doubts. This, mind you, is not how most people think. Oh, you cannot doubt. Must suppress the doubt. but yeah. uh, why is it? Cannot ask. You must believe. No, no, no. You cannot believe your way to enlightenment, cannot. (laughs) It is not through belief that you attain enlightenment. Faith and belief as a start, then you must practice, when you uh, cultivate, and then at some point when you see for yourself, then the doubt is removed. So for Sotapanna, once they have reached this level, even if the mind occasionally, because they are not fully enlightened, occasionally defilements may arise. For them, once you have seen it once, that imprint in, in a way you are positively scarred for life. You are scarred about the reality of, of this world. You will never turn back. Even if you momentarily lose, yeah, as a result, now, now this is where we bring in two circles. Uh. Even though the sotapanna has planted seeds for lower realms in the past, once you reach sotapanna, we say this is the minimum uh, safety line. You cross this safety line, oh, you are safe. Yeah? Last time when I learned it, I thought, wow, you reach this part, you become part of an exclusive club. Uh, you, you receive the si- uh, silver flyer club. Uh, then if you are almost going down to lower realms, uh then the guard over there uh, hey, wait, come up, come up hey, you've got come, come, come this side <laughs> uh, no, it's not like that it is that the person, once they have seen the, the, this fundamental, this first entry level upon dying, yeah, when a person is about to die karma will ripen, right? This is all what we all learn. But what triggers the ripening? Uh, the state of the mind. So we are, we, we, what do we do? Or oh, We try to go and uh, ask here, ask there, and say, hey, how do I protect this last part of the Maya? Hey, before I die, make sure you do this. But this is just trying to emulate the outcome, you know. The outcome of an enlightened one. The enlightened one the mind is steady, not because he tried to make it steady, but because he has removed the cause of unsteadiness in the mind by reaching this state of seeing. So for the enlightened one, at this stage, the mind is unwavering. Even if it momentarily laps, the lapse is, re- is dealt with very quickly. So, such that the unwholesome state is never sufficient, to trigger an unwholesome seed. Don't, don't think about eh. no unwholesome seed. Huh? The, the seed that was planted due to unwholesomeness, not enough to trigger it to ripen. So if one to ripen, eh cannot ripen. One the cannot ripen. Uh, this is how the sotapanna will not be reborn in the lower. And if the sotapanna can do it, all the higher ones sit. likewise. Cannot be reborn in the lower realms as a result, because the higher uh, stages of enlightenment would all, by definition, have removed the three lower factors. Then, if you look at the second stage, Sakadagami, they further attenuate or reduce two other factors, uh, two other uh, features or To use the the word quality is a bit strange, but we have, we all have. Unenlightened beings have another two qualities, which is sensual desire and hatred and evil. So these two come as a pair. For the second sage, enlightened one, they they reduce this, haven't eradicate, but they reduce this because of the reduction. Then. this person, at most, the clinging has been removed, reduced already. So at most, are reborn once in heavenly realm, one more time in human realm, then you attain arahant. Last time, during RK, memorize. Yeah, just have to memorize. Why? Don't care. and don't know. So, yeah. By definition is one. One time back and forth, uh, so much just a memory. But later as we learn, ah, it's because of the fact that the person whoever has reached this stage, then the Buddha says, Give you a name. Yeah. If you don't give you a name, how do you refer? Every time we refer ah you know the the enlightened one who has removed all this, give it a name. So from stream enterer to once returner. And you see the name? The name is not just an additional thing that is, added. do It's just describing the feature of someone who has reached this stage. And again, it is not because you have uh, some star here, yeah, or your passport, uh, your three refuge passport, then after that you reach second stage, you gasp Buddha to sign, then after when you are reborn, uh, don't worry, at most one more time, you know, will Now, if you look at the third stage, sensual desire, hatred and evil is totally eradicated. What happens? When this is totally eradicated, it is because the person has reached this level where the person has removed the seeds or uh, removed the connection with sensual desire altogether. As long as you are still linked to central desire, then greed and hatred will still arise. But there are three developments, or well, yeah, three would greed, hatred, and delusion. So for the anagami, removing greed and hatred, yeah, uh, as far as central desire is concerned, then after dying will not be reborn in sensual desire. That's why I'm born in the pure abode. So once you once you understand the whole this mechanism, what is there to memorize? Beyond that, then we have the upper five factors, which is removed systematically by those who uh, proceed to and for them they continue to work on it then remove (coughs) craving for form realm craving for formless realm uh, remove restlessness remove uh, what is that the conceit and then ultimately ignorance five upper factors five upper factors and from that point, then it means what? The link to all three realms are severed. And that's why in the Mahana Sangraha, it describes what, how, how, it, how is the state of an arahant to be known. Then it says, it is like having a field uh, and then you go to the field with a fire and you burn all the seeds. So an arahant is like a person with the seeds that is burnt. So this description is very interesting. Because it then says, in what way is it to be understood? The seeds, when you burn the seed, the seed is still there. But it loses its function. Uh, So this is a very interesting metaphor. Arahants are like those with the field full of seeds that is being burnt already. The metaphor is describing that, the active agent, the active component for seeds to ripen is removed. And actually, what is the active component? It is our defilements. So, uh, sorry, uh, I get quite excited when they talk about Allah consciousness. So, we only cover a small chunk here. Yes.
1: So ordinary people
0: like us in um. short we will
1: not be enlightened in this lifetime. Can I say that?
0: Uh, why not? You he he were saying that if you have been a stream enterer, uh. so you'll be born with no doubts at all of it. Uh, if you were a stream enterer, you will be born with no doubts. Uh, but let's say a person cultivate he's still not enlightened, the moment he attain stream enterer, he will he, not, not have any doubts. So even if uh,
1: you are born with doubts, uh. and you are not born a Buddhist, and you are born with doubts. You in the the same lifetime,
0: uh. Uh, lifetime you uh. can still be an uh, enlightened being or a supreme monk. Provided the person uh, cultivate his mind until he can see that, see through the fallacy of the the view of an eye provided that is done. If the person can do that, then it doesn't matter what he calls himself. He has reached that stage. And we,
1: know,
0: we wouldn't know at what stage we are at now, like now. We not
1: know. Uh. Well, no! no. <laughs> know. What, what I mean is, uh. Uh, do you were saying about um, up and down seven times, right? uh
0: at which stage we are right now we not know right so <laughs> uh, so once you reach the first stage uh, you won't give rise to uh, the, the factors once removed it's removed will not come again so you can examine yourself yeah. first you examine do you have uh, identity view do you have the view of this is I, that is I, this is mine, all those things. If you have, uh, put a tick. You are a sentient being. You are unenlightened. <laughs> uh, if not, you put a cross. Then you ask yourself, are you very clear of the practices that leads to enlightenment? Uh, or do you have doubts about this? Yeah? Uh, the enlightened ones at the point of of enlightenment, so there's the there's that sequence up to the last part where there is liberation and then knowledge of liberation. Yeah. So when a person has reached to the he reached and then after that, there's the next moment is knowledge that he has reached. So that in is stuck with you, in a way, uh, stuck with you. Yeah. So. Um, the person would know. Yeah, the person would know. Yeah.
1: I think the other
0: thing that ah. I find interesting is that ah. Buddha saw the system. Ah. Okay, he he analyzed all this. Yeah. Who designed the system? Yeah. Oh, this is uh, a good question. Uh, who designed it? Yeah. Uh, we tend to think there must be someone who designed the system. Uh, so the Buddha do not see anyone who actually designed the system. He saw it as it is. That this is the way it has always been. Yeah. He. Um, so let me let me go out on a limb to say this. First of all, uh, according to the text, it says that the Buddha observed one kalpa, two kalpa, three kalpa, one asankhya kalpa. Three. How many? How many? what we call? Eighty-four thousand. Yeah. Eighty-four thousand. Does not mean? Exactly, it's actually a, a descriptive number. To mean a very, very, like, you know. And he still don't see a start. And throughout this whole sequence, you don't see anyone who actually created this sequence. So, there are two possibilities to this. One is, this world is just like that. Nobody created it. Two is, maybe, if I if we dare to say that, or if, we, if I dare to consider this option, that perhaps uh, by the time the Buddha gave us the teaching, he haven't spent infinity time uh, to go and look at it. Cool. all the way. Uh, yeah. Is it possible that he
1: that, hey,
0: Oh, actually there was uh, something that created this system. Uh, uh, maybe. But that's a big maybe. Uh, we can uh, consider both options. Maybe yes, maybe no. So if maybe no, let me take out the easy one. The maybe no means this is the way it is. Uh, maybe yes. So how? What is the implication if it is a yes? Whether it's yes or no, currently it is like that. Currently, as long as continue, as long as we continue to succumb to our defilements, we continue to plant seeds. Who designed, maybe yes, maybe no, whether someone designed. But currently, the system is like that. It is like saying, Who invented chess, Imagine if you are now in a game of chess, and you have to play for your life. And then you, each time you want to play a move, then you say, But, who invented chess, And then a person say, I'll give you 30, 30 seconds. If you, if you don't, you forfeit your move. But if I'm very curious. Who invented chess? <laughs> what will happen? Will you win or lose this game? Huh? You'll lose. Huh? It doesn't matter who invented. If you don't play the game according to the rules, you'll lose.
1: <laughs>
0: the Buddha merely discovered that we are playing a chess game and the rules are like that. So his, his suggestion is, don't worry about who, whether there's, a, there's this. But so far, he he says, he, he traced my word, he cannot find a beginning. Yeah. So maybe, what we can do is, in order to satisfy our curiosity, what we should do is, complete the game first. After we complete the game, uh, you can spend infinity time <laughs> to go and trace and see whether there's a beginning. Uh, then, in future, when you attain Buddhahood, then you can tell your disciples Uh, in the past how many kappa ago i already traced up to one zero five hundred one power of ten one times ten power of five hundred yeah i haven't found a beginning then later on you manifest again as a buddha then you say last time i did this then recently i continue to trace and i trace up to one times ten power of five thousand Last time 500, now 5000. Then you continue to chase. Yeah. One day when you find that there's actually a start, remember to tell us.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but in the meantime, complete the games. Uh, <laughs> uh, one <laughs> last thing. Still uh,
1: you,
0: you respect. Uh, uh, usually when people say you respect, there is no respect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, come. What is the question? So there are other games that. Or do you believe you know themselves? So if somebody, you tell
0: somebody this teaching, they say, no, I don't want to play this, uh, this game, I play another game. So of course this game may not, you uh, know there's so always other game meaning... Other like. religion. No, actually it's the same game. But there are some people who, who who found a book that says that oh, actually this game was designed by this or this, that this person. And then says that if you if you join this club, then you win this game. but so far, whoever died haven't come back to confirm that uh, that method works in Xo too far now <preliminary cumulative>... <futuristicestar> We It's
1: healing.
0: Till we meet again, may be guided and protected by the Buddha, Dharma, and the Sangha. And as always, kwai kwai.